0: Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Hunting Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and you know what? We got a good one for you today. Today, we actually talk with one of my favorites, someone that I've been hoping to get on the podcast for a while, Cliff Gray. Um, Cliff is one of actually a couple people that committed to come on the podcast and then got on the Joe Rogan show. Um, And of course, at that point, their life gets a little too busy and and it's hard to get in touch with those folks. But Cliff made time and uh, he did not disappoint today. He tells us only one story, but it's one of the most memorable stories I've heard since I've been doing this podcast. So I want to say thank you to Cliff for coming on. Thank you guys, uh, of course, the listeners for tuning in. Let's just jump right in and let Cliff tell us All right, Cliff. Welcome to the Hunting Stories podcast, brother. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm honored to have you here. I was telling you before the podcast. I've been I've been a fan for a long time. Um, when I first started researching hunting, I was like, I should probably know what these things eat. And I bet if I hang out near where they eat, I will find elk. And your video showed up, and I've been following you ever since. It's been like I don't know three three years, three and a half years, or something like that. So uh, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. And I'll be honest, I was a little worried that you wouldn't make it because I've gotten I think three or four people committed to be on my podcast, and then Joe Rogan stole them as a guest. And then you're, <laughs> you're, you're the only one I've actually been able to really get in touch with after they've been on the Joe Rogan show. So I, I appreciate you, Cliff, for for following up with me and, and jumping on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, of course, man. I'm uh, I'm glad I I'm glad I finally made it
1: on. I always like like talking to people and getting on these podcasts. And it sounds like you kind of got a. It's intriguing, man. Like a, one that's based on stories is kind of fun. I feel like we touch, I touch on them in uh, um, on different podcasts, but that's never the the center of the discussion. So we should have
0: some fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. Usually people have some kind of uh, lesson to learn, and that's not required here. You know, if you uh, just want to tell me a story about um, – I'm trying to draw a blank on who it was. The guy who runs the Gladiators Unleashed podcast, he's telling a story. He's full draw on a bull elk, and he craps himself. Like, still, you know, there's <laughs> nothing to learn from that other than maybe empty your your you know your gut before you go out into hunt. But uh, that's you know, there's Im- that's, a,
1: that's impressive. And I'm
0: trying to think of his name too. I don't, I don't it's, know. Uh, Luke Gadio is. Okay. I, I remembered it as I was telling it. But yeah, man, it's a it's yeah. a funny episode. <laughs> and we're not talking about like you know a nice little package in his underpants. We're talking he filled his boots. So yeah, if yeah you yeah. haven't listened to his episode to the listeners, please do. We're getting off track though, Cliff. Why don't we Why don't we start this thing off by uh, letting you introduce yourself so that people know who they're hearing stories from, man?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no problem, man. I'll uh, I'll be fairly brief. I uh, right now I'm sitting in Puerto Rico. I spend nowadays I spend about half my time in Puerto Rico, half my time back in the states. Some of that in Oregon, some of that in Colorado. I still get looped back into <clears throat> guiding for most of fall, but yep. uh, really the last decade to 13 years of my life i would until the last 18 months i was a commercial outfitter for the majority of that time most of it was wilderness horseback stuff the primary area was in the flat tops of uh colorado and uh that's uh what i've been doing for the last i don't know 10 12 years and focused on that and uh now i'm like I, I tell everybody I'm in like a mini retirement, but I've Done. got a couple other things that I've been kind of chugging along at on. I've got some other passions that keep me down here. i'm I'm secretly an obsessive spear fisherman that sucks <laughs> at it. so so that's one of my current endeavors. and uh, I would say I mean, I could, you know, go into details of whatever part of that the outfitting or or the hunting world and and all of that. But I think that might be uh, where I'd end the bio is that one of my problems in life is that I get these obsessions, right? It's elk hunting, mule deer hunting, bear hunting, spear fishing. I like, uh, I I tell people that, I guess I'm trying, I, inadvertently am living trying to live like hemingway but i'm gonna try to avoid all the woman problems <laughs> and the suicide deal good luck i think i'm i think i'm good on all that front um but other than that i've got his other problems in terms of obsession with all these outdoor activities
0: but uh but yeah man that's me yeah. Well, you know, your obsession makes you an expert in some of those things. And so I appreciate you. Make sure you check out Cliff on a, a YouTube. I don't know if there's other places that you want to direct them, but I love your YouTube videos. Like I said, I've been watching them a long time. And um, I guess we can get in more into that at the at the end when we run out of time. I know we have limited time. So yeah, let's yeah just sure. Jump into this thing. Man. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, Cliff, once you set the stage, you're here to tell some stories. Um, where are we in this first story, man?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I was actually thinking about it because I'm gonna go, I'm gonna run back to Colorado here in a couple weeks as the big games is fourth rifle season closes up and go lion hunting with some buddies. And nice. uh I you know it's funny, Mike, because a lot of my bet my like at least most entertaining hunting stories to me are lion hunting stories. And yeah. uh have you ever hunted them before?
0: No, it's it's high on my list, but I haven't gotten around to it. I'm worried by the time I finally do, it'll be illegal everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: unfortunately that might be a reality, but I, I I've got faith that uh, that we've got some time, man. But uh I, I've hunted um a fair amount over the years, but I would say I don't know, when I was outfitting like three or four years into outfitting, I got just exhausted with elk and deer hunting. I should say exhausted, but anytime you know you go through a season and really you're at it for a hundred days, right? Cause you start putting your camps in August and then you're not really done until Thanksgiving is pretty yeah. much like your primary season. And then you got like a trickle of other stuff you do in late season, late season cow hunts or whatever, but you get, you get seasonally burnout. That, that's what I would say. I'd say like my recommendation to any guide or outfitter, as long as you can keep it to being just seasonally burnout, that's a good thing. You don't want to be, yeah. you don't want to hate hunting because if you, I think if you, run your business a certain certain way, or or you pursue the career a certain way, you'll end up hating hunting, but you're for sure going to end up get, getting burnout at the end of the season. So lion hunting, lion hunting over time, I think because it's so much different than a lot of the other big game hunting, it actually became like my primary hunting passion. And uh, I, I, the thing is, is like, so once we closed up, there around Thanksgiving and in November I could look forward to lion hunting because I did I would I the other big part of it is I didn't do it commercially and there's a whole bunch yeah. of reasons reasons why I uh chose not to not to
0: pursue that um
1: so it was like my fun hunting right
0: yeah and now, uh real quick and, archery or rifle typically when you go hunting lions so I've al- I've
1: always done it with pistols or or okay. rifles and you know the thing about lion hunting Michael's like I shouldn't say always. I've never killed one with a bow. I've been with guys that have killed them with bows, and to me, the the weapon and the killing part of part of lion hunting, it's like inconsequential, right? Okay. I mean, people can say that about you know elk hunting or or mule deer hunting or whatever, but you know it it there's a, the dynamic of archery versus rifle. You know the actual component of of harvesting the animal, letting go of that arrow, pulling that trigger. Like it's, it's a important component of the hunt, right? Lion hunt, it's really not, you know, I, I mean, it's, you could, I think you could, ethically morally no problem take somebody who's shot a gun one time uh, or who can shoot their bow consistently you know on a target this big at 15 yards you could take them and you could kill a lion and no problem right so that gives you an idea of like it doesn't really matter um dude, you're gonna quickly see that if you if you ask questions, I'm gonna go off on these. <laughs> <laughs> quit quit but, teaching stuff, Cliff. No, 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 no. Story. You're, you're, you're I think I find it interesting. I just like nerd out on shit. So, no, I love, so it. I love you, it. you might have to guide me back onto the story, man. But, uh, but yeah, no, the, the weapon deal, whatever. But, oh, the lion hunting is really, uh, interesting in the sense that there's a couple big components of it that are you know, much more um substantial in it where they're less so and lots of lots of other hunting. One, obviously the dog component, right? I've always been a dog guy. Like yeah. when I when I waterfowl hunted as a kid, I mean like a 12, 13 year old kid, it really wasn't about shooting ducks. It was about having my lab with me, you know, that component of it. So I've always been, you know, into uh into dogs, into training dogs, that sort of thing. And so I appreciate that part of lion hunting and one of the create and this will play into this story a little bit whenever i hear people talk about lion hunting in the context of it being brutal towards dogs i find it laughable because if you if you have been there you realize that these dogs that's all they want to do like yeah. their happy, yeah, happy place yeah their happy place is imagining that they're going to kill that lion that's what that's the hounds that kind of dog hunting hounds are convinced they can kill a mountain lion it, which yeah. is, which in itself is is has like <laughs> it's kind of hilarious right like it's not like people think oh they want to run them up a tree no 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 they don't want to run them up a tree they want to get in a fight with them the end result due to a bunch of mechanics of light lion hunting it tends to be that they do end up in a tree. They end up in a cave, like we'll talk about in the story, but, uh, the dogs no. love it. And it's the same yeah. thing with waterfowl dogs, whatever they, they really love it. So to me, to view it as like, there's this ethical dilemma about the brutality towards the dogs. I mean, it would be worse if you had them in your house, you know, probably right? the most fucked up thing is to have like that kind of dog living in an apartment or something. Right.
0: Yeah, I had another guest who uh, he uh, all of he, he was he's a dog trainer out of Florida. And okay. all he talks about is dogs and all of his stories. And he had one where he was training a dog and she just loved it, loved it so much. And she took a spill training one day and broke yeah. both of her back legs. Ooh. And she was still just trying to retrieve. Like, it's all they want to oh, do. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they, she was... She she was like yeah she was in pain but she was still happy she she crawled herself over to that like little toy duck that they were training with and and yeah, got yeah. the job done and she couldn't have been happier that being said her days were done as as you know a uh, a real waterfowl dog but like they just love it it's it's in their it's in their blood so yeah, I understand what you're saying it's,
1: yeah it's amazing man and I, and I think it's um I mean it sounds like you got a really good understanding of it I think until somebody's been exposed to that with dogs they don't they don't realize like this obsession they can develop i i'll I'll talk to guys about you know dogs that are totally unrelated fields defense dogs that sort of thing and it's the same deal like the people like that who interact with dogs they know immediately like oh yeah like they know how a dog's brain works and I don't think it's specific to a dog, but dogs are real trainable in terms of a species. So, yeah. So, uh, and, and I, and I also think there's like a lot of genetic manipulation with hounds or waterfowl dogs or defense dogs or whatever, where it comes out, like if they don't enjoy it, that those, those genetics have vanished. Right. So you've got like years of these dogs that really enjoy it. But anyways, so back to, uh, <laughs> back to lion hunting. I, uh, it was like typical year we had in, if you get really lucky or if I would get really lucky, I would be ready to wind up shop, close down my fourth season hunts. A lot of times we were just mule there hunting. So it was pretty low key. And then we'd get some snow like right at the end of fourth rifle season. And then like in the next three or four days, I'd be out with my buddies lion hunting. That's like yeah. the perfect situation. So this year, perfect situation, you know, right. When I wound up fresh snow and within 48 hours, I was out looking for tracks and sometimes you know, i would still have horses up my lodge and, and mules. So I go out, look for them on mules, or I just, you know, I, there's roads in and out of there. And I, I go out like the, the first morning of closing up shop and I go from my lodge, like, I don't know, maybe 500 yards from it. And we, I cut a lion track, like, like, Fresh in the snow, like smoking hot, like probably could have walked it out, right? So I call my buddy, I call my buddy in town and uh and that's and that's another thing about lion hunt, dude like that's what it's all about right is the, is the tracking component um that's that's the i actually mentioned there's two things the dog thing and the tracking thing tracking yeah. is all where it's all at where like that's the whole deal and i mean tracking in the sense that like you're gonna know like you you get that you get a feel for like how those lions hunt so you know where to look for tracks you know how they move through country so a lot of lion hunters if they really get into lion hunting they really develop that skill and and it, it's kind of interesting because it transfers or a lot out of other hunting but anyways yeah. i found like the it, you know this is like a special thing like a smoke and fresh fresh track in perfect snow good to go so i call my buddy up and he kind of knows that he knows the area we've hunted a lot in this particular area because it was so close i had never hunted lions in that area uh That's just i just you know, never, sense, right? yeah never had <laughs> crossed tracks or whatever and uh I remember the first thing he said to me, he's like, yeah, man, have you, have you been up there? And it's in this Canyon. And he's like, have you been up there? I'm like, Oh yeah, dude. Like I've been all over that, that shit. Like, and he's like, there's no caves in there, is there? And I was like, nah, I don't think so. And, and it, it, what is, is this like really tight Canyon and it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of cedars and stuff on top. And it goes up into the Alpine goes up into the wilderness area. So I covered all that country up there. And it's just, you know, it's conifer, it's cedars, conifers, aspens. Like that's where I'm thinking this, this line's going, no, no, no caves, man. Come on out. So he, he brings some dogs out from town. He's there like within 45 minutes. And again, he asked me, he's like, Cliff, is there any caves, dude? Like, are you sure there's not any caves? there? I'm like, no, I, I'm i hundred percent sure. 99% sure. I, right,
0: at this point, no caves, so, yeah. all right. I want to ask, is there a reason why he keeps asking or am I going to ruin the yeah. story by asking no, no. that question? Mm-mm. You're not going to you're not going to ruin. It.
1: It's probably good to fill people in. Okay. The the problem with caves with lions is just like it's back to what I mentioned about the dogs. Like these dogs want to get a hold of the cat if they can. So, in in the uh in the um hope of not getting dogs damaged you really want to tree lions in trees. You don't want to tree them in caves yeah. because the problem with caves is that the lion's stuck, but the dogs have act, direct access to the yeah. lion, right? So they're That's going to true. try to get a hold of it. They're going to try to fight it. It puts it puts the risk of the dogs way, way up if, okay. if they're in caves. That makes sense. So, so generally you don't want to turn out dogs on a lion that you think is high probability going to end up in a cave, you know, if there are if like rocky outcroppings, you see a lot of these really cool videos on Instagram and stuff where these cats are stuck on rocky outcroppings where the dogs can get to them, but the guys can't get to them. Believe me, like if you're there, there's an intense level of stress amongst whoever, whoever is managing those dogs is stressed because he doesn't want his dogs to get hurt, at yeah. all, you know. And and so he he's like, these are always very hairy situations. I think I see those videos in a certain perspective because I'm like, wow, they're they're awesome. Right. Like, you know, that everybody's heart's just like bumping. But the guy who's trying to take care of his dogs has like a next level stress in a cave, rocky outcropping, because eventually the cat's going to going to going to try to get a hold of the dog. And it's crazy how they get them. Like if you like if you watch lions, like they slap. And they have a dew claw like down, down low on them, like down here. In a, in a and it, it's like flopping when you, when you skin a lion, you're like, what is that thing for? But if you've ever seen them, if dogs get close to them, what they do is they generally will hold their, their mouth back and they'll slap and they'll slap with that dew claw or their lower paw. And they do a pulling action. Like they pull like this. Yeah. And what they want to do is they want to pull and then they want to get their jaws on the dog. Because Got that's it. where they have like God, a lot of, yeah, they have a lot of strength. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, it it is terrifying. It, it, you know, there's videos of these of guys, you know, or you know, uh, pe- into you know, people. who are interacting with them. And you can tell like the lion's pissed. There's like this one where the guy's backing up on a road. I don't know if you've seen it. And that lion's doing the same thing. He's slapping like he's like this. And believe me, if that guy got close enough to him, that's what the lion's thinking is I'm going to slap this guy and get a hold of him and bring him down. And they got really, they got like forearms, like a,
0: yeah, you know, not like thigh. Yeah. yeah yeah they got really
1: strong forearms like and it's crazy when you skin them like the this the the tendons and the muscle mass in the forearm okay. it's not like an elk or deer you're not gonna like you know touch it with your knife and then snap it or whatever that's not that's not how a lion's built right they're built to get a hold of stuff pull it down get their mouth on it and so right. anyways that's that's why because you know we don't want to end up in these caves so anyways, He asked me again, get all the dogs collared up. We got their GPS collars on, all that. We're like ready for a day, right? Because this is like open country. No, no. And the other thing is, is there's no roads, right? So yeah, I got the one road I'm on and then, you know, where the lion's gone and then wilderness. And the trick to that is like a lot of like strategically when you're lion hunting, if you cut a track, Really, regardless of how fresh it is, unless you like saw the lion, you got like some some really weird situation. Yeah. You wanna check the next road, right? Because you don't want to turn out here and then, you know, two miles through an area, the lion's actually crossed another road. What you wanna do is go hit that other road or hit that other trail on horseback or whatever and see if that lion's crossed right? In snow, it's easy because you can, you yeah. can cover, I mean, you can go hit the trail, go hit the other road and be like, Hey, like, I know you got the fresh track over there, but we got the same line crossing here. Let's turn out here because then your dogs, your dogs stay, you know, your dogs don't get worn out. You're tracking them. And then you got more time, right? Cause time yeah. is always like an issue with lion hunting. Most guys want to wind it up, you know, early afternoon. Cause you really don't want to be in the dark trying to find your dogs. Like there's, just logistically, it could be a freaking nightmare, you know. Got it, man. That um, makes sense. But in this case, we didn't have an option because it was like wilderness, you know. Like you, the next road was 15 miles away, so <clears throat> or national forest or whatever, but no road access. So, uh, so we call them up. We got the whole day, you know, and we're like geared up to go for a long distance, or at least see where the see where the, you know we're assuming they're going to hit the trail go a couple miles, we'll be able to get up into the plateau, start, start following the dogs, whatever. So we got all of our stuff and there's a lot of snow. Like we had had a lot of snow, like, I mean, on the, you know, on the, we had fresh snow on the road, but the road had been plowed is probably like this deep, but the actual like snow pack was probably, I don't know, like thigh deep. So it was pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty deep.
0: So it's hard, go- yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> hard on the hips, man.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And climbing out of it too. Right. Like post you know, Yeah. is, is brutal. So anyways, we let, we, we call them up, get them going. We let them out. And I swear, like we go to get our packs and just kind of get our stuff, last, you know, the last throw on your packs and start, start slowly trailing the dog type of deal. And boom, the, the dog's treed. And, and really the term tree means like, they just bunched up and they're and they're like on something. Right. Yeah. Within like five minutes. And again, my buddy looks at me and he's like, Cliff, is there any caves? And at that point, I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, there's I'm 55 percent sure there's no caves at this point, because I'm like, <laughs> all I know is that if they tree that quick, they didn't get to any trees. So like, I don't know, they either found like one little cedar and this lion's like hanging in like a four foot cedar or something in this cliff edge or I was wrong. Right. So we're like, (laughs) oh, shit. Your buddy's looking at you like, damn it. Yeah, yeah, he know. He's like (laughs) and he's a much more experienced liar than me. So he's like now he's like lost all confidence in my opinion on this matter.
0: Yeah, and now, like, just, we both know the actual answer here. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I'm are. like, dude, I'm,
1: I'm still thinking like, dude, I'm pretty sure there's no cave. But anyways, so we actually drop off and we climb to the other canyon to, or the other side of the canyon to look like we just go across real quick, like five minute deal because we got to see like where they're at. Because the other thing about this is like this thing is steep as hell to get out of. Like we're assuming dogs are going to be up out of it. But now now they're treed on this lion within 800 yards of the road. But that means they're still in this like, you know, you know, hand, yeah. you know, hand belly crawling type of Canyon in two and a half, three feet of snow type of deal. So we got to figure out how we're going to get to them. So we go over there, we look, and sure enough, like I, we both look over and glass over <laughs> and we're like, Oh yeah, that's a cave. And the cave, the <laughs> right whole, the that. whole, the whole of the cave is like this big, like it's tiny. like Like two feet two feet yeah 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 like tiny under a rock and you would have never known it was there but the dogs are already going in and out right so we're like okay we have to get over there and we have to get over there in a hurry and mind you this took the dogs five minutes to get to that cave or less right so we get in there we get up off the road where we can see the cave but it's like high angle above us and we both immediately realize it's going to take us half hour 45 minutes to get there because just physically the snow is yeah. like total bitch even though the dogs like just jammed up there so as we progress up this hill we just see these dogs and they're like taking turns michael like they're outside you know doing their thing just having just freaking joyous time howling <laughs> like crazy but they're like cycling in and out of the cave right and yeah. as they cycle in and out of the cave you start to notice like a little blood on
0: the snow and, for oh, like no. cave. and I get to see your it, buddy just like mean mugging you for the whole 45 minutes. Like, damn it. Cliff. <laughs> yeah.
1: He was, I mean, he was good at this point. It was what it was, man. Like we just want yeah. to get there, have a yeah. good situation. And the, and the thing is, it's like, it's not like you don't know, right? Like just cause there's a little blood or whatever. I mean, the dogs just pound in the snow, put some blood on this. So we don't really know. Right. We're just kind of hoping yeah. for the best and we get up there like three quarters of the way. And he's he he's really keeping track of the dogs that are he's seeing out of there. And I can tell he's getting like stressed. And and I know what it is, is one of the dogs we're not seeing. We're just not okay. seeing the dog come out. All the others are rotating in and out, having just like the best time of their life. But one dog we have not seen come out of the hole. Okay. So <clears throat> we we finally get up there. It doesn't look real bad, but there's like there's some blood where they've been going out, they've been working the hole like a ton. And uh, so we get down in there and he's like, go in there, dude, and see what the deal is. So (laughs) we don't know how deep it is, anything, man. And I remember I had a little, I had a little 380. I actually had a little, I had a little, a little short barrel rifle. And then I had a little, a little 380 pistol. And uh, I was like, okay, I'll take that in there. And so I shimmy, I shimmy in there And I got – all of it got my headlamp on. And it's like – it's a weird. Like, a lot of how these caves are, they stay real tight. Like, they stay tight for the first, like, you know, I don't know, like maybe four and a half, five feet. And that doesn't seem that deep, but, like, it's deep, man. Like, that's your whole, like – past yeah. your knees like my yeah. feet like my feet are still hanging out but it's real scary you know and so oh, i shimmy God. in there
0: especially knowing there's a cat in yeah, there yeah man. yeah wait, yeah wait. i shimmy in there
1: <laughs> i shimmy in there and i can hear the lion i can hear the lion like they, they tend to chill out like people think that they get like once they get to a safe spot, they'll kind of get like relaxed where they're not too worried. And you can hear them. Pur- it's like a purr slash growl, but it'll like okay. make your soul shake, man. I, bet. I hear that. I hear that, but I can't see the lion. And the dogs are like coming over me. You know, they're just having, <laughs> having fun, like going, going in, checking online, run out, howl at their buddies, like look what's in there type of deal. But they're trampling me like as I go. And so I shimmy in there and then I look. I'm looking forward, and like I see nothing, and then I see like above on an inner bench, I see the eyes of the lion, and they're like looking at me weird, but they glare, like they pop off when I shine my la- my my light at them. Yeah, you know, had the glare, and I see her, but she's like, she's got her head down, right, and in like in a weird position. I'm like, I don't really know what's going on, but I shimmy up, and now I'm talking like. I'm within like three or four feet of her, but luckily the cave yeah. kind of opened up and she's above me, like above me. And I look lucky up. It's unlucky to me,
0: but go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like at least she wasn't like, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. I, well, I guess the lucky part is it wasn't tight. Like I could at yeah. least like kind of move. And so my buddy the whole time is like telling me like, hey, man, like what's going on? And I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. And then I look up in there and finally I got a view at her and I saw she had that dog. And she had that dog by the face, like right here. She had managed to get a hold of it and was holding it, holding it down into the rock. I thought, dog's dead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'd n- I've never seen a dog, to be honest with you, to this day, I've never seen a, a lion dog get mortally wounded. I've seen him get cut up a little bit. This is the only time I've ever seen a cat get a hold of one. I've never seen one get killed by a lion. Gotcha. And uh, so this was like, it wasn't like it's not like I'm used to seeing this kind of contact, right? But I thought in my mind like that dog's dead, man. Yeah. And I told my buddy, I was like, dude, I I don't know what to tell you, but she's got she's got the dog. Um, he goes, he goes, well, you got to get the dog. And I'm like, see, I can't get the dog, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'm literally gonna like, there's no way I can get the dog, man. I'm sorry, I think I think she's probably already killed the dog. And he goes. <laughs> He's like, all right, get out here, dude. And I feel like I feel like a total bitch telling this story because I, I couldn't do
0: anything. Right.
1: He's like, get out here. And I was like, all right. Cliff, so I, I shim- wouldn't
0: have gone in. So you got me. Yeah. Beat. <laughs> that guy's so, like, go in there. I'd have been like, "No, yeah, yeah. no, you go in there.
1: So I shimmy. I shimmy back out. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. Like, I I don't know what to tell you. Did and you shimmy like, out?
0: head first like going no 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 no. were you like keeping your eyes
1: i shimmied back out like this i couldn't there's not enough room in here to turn around okay you know what i mean like there's not enough room in here to turn around. the other thing that's crazy like even though it's like a it's so there's tons of snow outside moist environment inside these caves there's like a layer of bat shit that's like this deep and once you start once the dogs have been in there and once you start going in there like visually it's insane and then like this is this is how you be this is how you become like patient one for covid 20 right like right. inhaling and all this bad
0: shit. So
1: anyways like there's a lot of reasons this is not the most intelligent thing to do but anyways there's no way I can turn around. So I shimmy back and he gets a hold of my feet kind of gives like once you get like your knees out you're good right. So I shimmy back out I'm like devastated I kind of feel like a bitch feel really bad for him cuz it's it's one of his favorite dogs. And he's like, dude, I'm I'm gonna go in there, and he's bigger than me, and so and I could tell he's he's a little more like claustrophobic. So he's yeah. like, hold on, like get where you, you know, just make sure you can stay where you can get my foot.
0: All right, all good, yeah. man. Go as for a, it. as another big guy, like I. Small spaces are like one of my yeah, biggest yeah. fears. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't like. Of, it. I mean, throw throw a cat into a small space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely talking <laughs> not my language, Cliff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, I, I get the, where you're guys coming the from. Thi- the thing
1: is, is though. Is the thing is from my perspective, I'm doing this risk adjusted thing of like, okay, the dog's already dead in my mind, so I'm like, what, you know, what are we gonna do? My buddy's thinking, I like, I want my dog back. Like, I don't want to admit that my dog is dead, right? Yeah. Because also just... maybe
0: he's got a little bit more experience, right? So, like oh, yeah, you said you've done more. this a lot. You've never seen one actually mortally wounded. Maybe he's like, yeah, whatever, Cliff, get out the hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog's yeah, probably sure. fine. Yeah, yeah. See, dog's probably. Alive, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so uh, he goes in there and I'm down low, shining light over his back. I can see the lion and the dog from the hole now, now that I've got a different angle than he does. He goes in, dude, and I watch my buddy, Michael, like no shit within like we're talking like two and a half, three, like an arm length. He reaches up, grabs the collar of the dog. Like right around the GPS where there's like bulk to it, and he yeah. grabs it and goes a boom and pulls it, and the lion pops off the dog like boom pops off the dog, and immediately the dog is a hundred percent alive and starts like jamming howls like arr, arr, arr. like not hurting <laughs> like like I'm like let me He's back like, in all right there. it's go time yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and I'm like you know it's like this amazing feeling because there's like this relief but it's also like my buddy's in there and like now now the lion has nothing to keep its attention you know what i mean yeah and so so he in the he's fighting the fact that dog like wants some you know wants to like get back into the game and you can see the dog has got like a pretty good laceration on his face right here and so i grab his feet we get out of the hole And the dog's like not going to die. It's like a, it's like a peel. You know what I mean? Which is not it. It is to be taken care of. But the the dog literally is going to like go back in there. So we get out, we decide like, hey, you know, do we want to harvest the lion? At that time, I had never, I've never, I had never killed one. I've only killed two in my life and, and I'm done killing them. But this, I had never killed one at that time. And, uh, you know, maybe there was a little bit like my, I think maybe my, my buddy might've had like a little, just like, like, I don't know, like maybe animosity or like a little, like just high, we were all pumped up. Right. So it's like, well, the next thing seems to be to, to harvest this lion. Right. And I don't know, this was an idiotic idea from both our perspectives. Right. So, but, but my response was like, yeah, let's let's do it man like okay
0: (laughs) so you got him out of the hole with the dog and that's when you're like let's get this guy (laughs) now yeah yeah yeah
1: we hadn't (laughs) even thought about killing the lion until then and i think and i think it was because we both just intuitively knew that if we shot if like like if we shot the, it, like it was probably going to be hard to shoot the lion without, you know, potentially shooting the dog. Like you, you got, this is like an intertwine of bodies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it had not crossed our mind. Is that because people, when I tell this story, people ask me like, why don't you shoot the lion? It's like, dude, this, this is like, if you're in like a, you know, somebody runs into your house and you know, jumps on top of you and is wrestling with you. And you tell your wife to shoot the robber, right? Like, please don't shoot the yeah. robber.
0: You know, I was it's... worried about your eardrums too, right? Like in a yeah, tiny well, ca- rock yeah, cave. Yeah. Oh my so God. So
1: that, this was something that I didn't think about at all. Uh, okay. And so I was like, let's do it. So I get my little 380, I go in there and I just hear my buddy in the background. Whatever you do, don't let her out. Like, don't let her out. I'm like, okay, won't, I won't. I won't let her out and uh, I get up in there and I see her and now she's just like, you know, now she's focused on me. And so with, with no thought process, you know, not the, the best judgment I, I shoot her. And immediately when I shoot her, I realize not a good idea at all. Because (laughs) two things, one, what you just mentioned, like immediate, even though it's a, like, that's a, yeah, that's a really, you know, it's a small caliber, you know it's much lower uh decibels than the vast majority of weapons i could have shot her with still in that closed environment it's like boom no hearing and the other thing is the the cat starts to roll you know like you know and go crazy out what's been
0: it yeah yeah dude and
1: the dust like the dust cloud is like black right like just black
0: and I can, crap, feel, I can feel i can feel the
1: movement man like i can feel <laughs> the movement of you know of the lion rolling in there i shoot once or twice more just i need to get it like done and the whole time my buddy's like don't let it out of the hole don't let it out of the hole I'm like, dude i wouldn't need to let it run by me you know you it physically <laughs> yeah. could get by me
0: yeah you're like i'll grab but, it if it tries
1: yeah yeah but anyways man, so then like you get the moment of silence right no struggle, lion's dead, all good. Um, party's over. Get out. Like he pulls me back out. I don't have the lion. And I remember I come out of the hole he's like, you don't what's like well, you you didn't grab the lion? I'm like, no, dude, I just, I need like a you know a chunk of relief here. <laughs> yeah. So I should be back in there, grab it by the tail, get it out. Big lion, you know. I was I was excited as the first first lion I harvested, uh, still, you know. Uh, we ate, it was actually, it's actually the first lion I ever ate too, okay. um, which, uh, which lion's actually pretty good. Still have the rug, uh, you know, not like a, not like the biggest lion in the world didn't matter. Just like this, this to this day, like when I see, see that lion, it brings back this story. But the crazy, the crazy thing about it is I remember just like, getting out of the hole, getting the, getting the lion at, out, like just a relief of stress and, and everything else. And I just remember like looking at that dog and the dog is like still pumped. Like it's running around the hole, you know, going, going crazy, all that. And so that was, that. so that's basically the story of my uh, first lion hunt. But to top it off, the funniest thing was like three weeks later, I get a call from my buddy and he's like, dude, you got a, um, do you got a cough? And, uh, I was like, yeah, I do kind of have a cough, you know, like a respiratory thing. Yeah. And dude, like he was, I don't think he realized it, but he was bringing it up to like the biggest hypochondriac ever, right? Like I'm always concerned about something. <laughs> and I'm familiar with like the zoonic diseases, particularly because yeah. I because I like in the nature of like where I was, it's a thing. Like in in the the I'm sure you heard about it, like living in Colorado too. There's this disease called Honta that yep. you get from you get from mice turds, you get from bat so you gotta turds Spray down
0: sure. the mouse turd yeah, before yeah. you sweep it up. Yeah, yeah it's right, like yep.
1: serious, and it has like if you get it, dude, like like you can die. Uh, or you're like you're likely to die, right? It's yeah. so we're both like, I think he's a little hypochondriac. I am too. Like now we like both are in like cold sweats that we think we have. We have <laughs> like, I'm like looking up like research papers on like, what do like, where do I need to get, where do I need to go where they know like what this is and where they can take care of it and all of that. And then within 48 hours, we both realize it's just the cold. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's kind of a funny kind of a funny thing right like you go through the whole adventure and the excitement of something that you know everybody's going to view as like wow that's crazy and then and then there's this other part of your mind that's like i'm going to get killed by 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 dust yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah,
0: yeah, that's an awesome story cliff man uh man i can't even imagine there's a whole bunch of points where i would have ended that story before i got to the point you got it to i don't think there's any way you could have gotten me into that uh into that cave no no way here's the
1: thing though i think it's an interesting because a lot of people probably listen to that story and they'll be like that guy is an idiot you know or he's like irrational about you know um you know managing risk or or whatever and it's funny because i i i think that the intensity of the i have like thoughts about it because i think about it a lot like And and, you know my wife, my wife. When I tell that story, my wife's like, "Why would you do that?" I'm like,
0: you're you're not allowed to hunt anymore."
1: Yeah, like you're putting yourself (laughs) at risk. And even now that I reflect on it, I don't know. I I mean, one, I was with. I mean, my buddy is like a very high level lion hunter, and I think seeing seeing his like confidence in the situation like that rubs off. It's like it's not like it's not like peer pressure. It's just more like okay. He has an understanding that this lion doesn't it, the, and I've learned this since. Generally, lions don't want to get in a conflict with a person, and they really don't want to get in a conflict with a with a dog. And he yeah. knew that I didn't. Um, and so I think that you know mitigated some of my choices in the situation. The dumbest choice I made by far was uh was using the pistol in the cave just just yeah. from the perspective of like the angle of it the caliber all that like i don't i'm not like i wouldn't like judge myself on that but i would judge myself on the risk of damage to my hearing because it's like yeah it's crazy it, you know yeah. it, 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 i've never done it before and i don't think it registered and it was a dumb mistake that was a dumb choice because yeah i could have messed up my hearing forever luckily i don't think i haven't for hearing. sure
0: you know, For fun. sure, I've like I fired a rifle just out in the open, and then inside of like a fabric blind, and yeah, it's substantially louder inside of a fabric oh, yeah. blind. And so, just like as soon as you said you, you know, we went back in there to shoot it, I was like, oh god, his ears. What like, an idiot! I can't, I can't even imagine because I've yeah, only, yeah. uh yeah, my ears were ringing after shooting in a fabric blind, like in a cave. Yeah, yeah, I can't even but imagine. It-
1: It's funny because I think, I think you can get used to these things. Like I watch guys like the, the pig guys, you know, the guys that, you know, they dog pigs and, and, you know, they're, and they're, you know, they're grabbing by the ears they're grabbing by the back legs. Like, man, I've done a lot of pig hunting and been like in like, you know, like distant hairy situations with them. I look at those guys. I'm like, what the, like, what in the world are you thinking,
0: man? Like you got (laughs) freaking
1: giant balls. There's a bunch yeah. of guys down where you're at that are, that's like what they live for, man.
0: Right. I had a 30 pound pig charge me once. I was terrified. <laughs> These guys oh yeah, with, dude. You know, 200 pound yeah, yeah, pigs. Yeah, yeah, so I, oh, I yeah. I get it. Yeah, But I, I guess to your point, right? They just have a level of familiarity that they're like, no, I, I know the situation. I know how this is going to end uh, that yeah. maybe you and I don't or the average person doesn't. No, so.
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I was long route getting to. Michael's like, I think that if I was with one of those guys that's very, does that all the time. I'd yep. be like, yeah, let's do it. If you I was let's on my some own. Ears. <laughs> yeah. If I was on my, if I was on my own, like no way, you yeah, know what I mean? No. Like that's, it's always, I think, I think uh, for better or worse, like confidence is contagious.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You just got to get the confidence that those dogs have. That's all.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, that might be, <laughs> that might be around. I mean, just imagine like the depth of that dude, like, a giant apex predator holding you by the face for like 20 minutes yeah. and then your your reaction is not to run away your reaction's like, like let's go
0: Round yeah, two. yeah yeah
1: like you're you, i mean like <laughs> yeah i mean i would have a hard time getting going out of my house after that for yeah. a year let alone that so it's it's amazing the resilience to that dude
0: absolutely man well that was a great story cliff like that did not disappoint at all i know that we have limited time um do you have another one that you could sneak in in the time that we have left or do you want to call it right there it's in, entirely up to you my guy
1: dude let's call it right there if you don't mind
0: that's no that was one <laughs> of the best stories i've ever heard oh, so. I,
1: if i if i tell one in if i tell one in 10 minutes i'll i'll miss out on some detail that i want to tell people
0: okay okay well yeah i can <laughs> imagine cool that you'll, you. you'll want to teach them something in the middle of the story i get that <laughs> that's a uh, all right, fault Cliff. of mine
1: man i don't
0: know <laughs> no no it's 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 why i i appreciate you it's why i've been following you for such a long time man um i hope you don't mind i'm gonna stay in touch we're gonna get you back on to maybe when you yeah, have a little bit more time uh who knows maybe i know that you go to colorado often enough i'm working to move back there maybe i'll buy you a beer and we can record something there so yeah, yeah, Cliff, cool, thank man. you um why don't we why don't you tell the people where where they can find you um so yeah you can check out all your different uh, awesome content you're putting out
1: yeah, man, you mentioned the biggest one is YouTube and it's just my name, Cliff Gray, C L I F F G R A Y. If you put it in the search bar, it'll it'll pop up. And then Instagram, if you wanna wanna keep keep in touch with me that way. And and I try to keep that updated as much as possible. It's just Cliff C L I F F G-R-Y. It's missing an the A there at the end. So yeah, those are those are people's best uh best bets. So so cool, yeah, man. check me out on that stuff.
0: Awesome, Cliff. Well, thank you again. I really do appreciate it. Like I said. Love what you do. Uh, and your story was amazing. And thank you very much for, for taking some of your Saturday here to chat with me, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, of course, dude. Thanks for having me. Of
0: course. All right, guys. That's it. Another story in the books. I want to thank Cliff, of course, for coming on the podcast. Couldn't have done it without him. Um, he's been someone I've wanted to get on the podcast for a long time. So I'm glad we were able to make some time. And hopefully we can get him back here soon. Like I said, that bo- or that cougar story. Uh, that's going to stick in my mind for a while. I've already told it to a couple folks, um, and uh, my eardrums are still ringing. So, Cliff, thank you uh, for letting us uh, have that story. And uh, to you listeners, go out there and uh, give Cliff a follow. Check out what he's doing. It's some great stuff. Uh, while you're doing it, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram um, and uh, give us a review. You know, five stars, three stars, two stars. I don't care. Just uh, go out there, whatever you're listening to right now. Um give us a review so that more people can find us more people reach out and we have more fun stories to tell but that's it guys thank you again hope you have a great day and uh talk to you next week